Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host and sister in Christ, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. And this is a podcast for millennial moms who struggle with limiting beliefs and want to learn how to make over their mindset and lifestyle in faith and family. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast, where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right. So as I have shared, we have a special guest today, Mrs. Gina James. Um, she is a tax professional, and I have worked with her personally um, on my taxes last year, and it has been a great experience um, on her behalf. She has been professional. She has been patient. Um, she has been informative, giving me all the information and resources that I need to make it through this tax process. I know taxes can be scary, um, especially when you get into different tax brackets or you're a small business and trying to make sure all the things are together. So my experience with Miss Gina has been amazing, and she has really helped kind of ease some of those tax jitters for me and really made the process comfortable. So I'm so happy to have you here. I'm excited to get into this conversation. Thank you. Um, did you want to share any other background information? That was my, you know, testimonial with you, but any background information um, for how you got started and everything with doing taxes? Of course. So hi guys, I'm Jenna James. So I am the owner of Genwell Firm. And Genwell Firm is basically um, a tax preparation firm, but we don't just provide taxes, right? We pride ourselves on providing education, but also resources, quality, and then you can do it from the convenience of your home because we're 100% mm -hmm. virtual. Um, but the reason I got into it because um, I'm also a business consultant. And most of the time when you hear people talk about their business taxes or taxes in general, they say, oh, I don't know much about taxes, right? 
So one thing that I pride myself on is providing an education. So yes, we're going to prepare your time. We're going to take the stress off of you. But I still want you to understand why this happened, why this didn't happen, what we can do next year to make things happen better, because I do want you to understand your individual situation. So guys, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Yes, and that literally sums up my complete experience with her. So I can vouch for that. So hopping into our first question, um, what are some common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to filing their taxes? I think one of the biggest things is failing or forgetting to report income. So let's say you started a job like February, right? So that job you started in January, the next year, that's off your mind, right? So you may not think about it or you may send your W-2 late. So you're ready to hurry up and file your taxes and then you fail to report income. So typically what would happen is either a rejection or that can't even raise a red flag for an audit because your employer is already going to report the income to the IRS. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always tell people if you started a new job, if you're existing client and I see you started a new job, when did we start that new job? Did we start it in February? Do we have a January W-2 on the way? Um, and they're also feeling like, oh, well, it's just with a little this. Well, that little could have put you in a different tax bracket. So the IRS is like, we want to see the little as well. So making sure that you report all of your income would be one. And then missing out on common deductions or credits. So one of the ones that most people miss out on is the child care um, credit. So basically, if you have a dependent or someone that goes to daycare because you have to work, you can claim that. But that's one that a lot of moms miss out on. So I wanted to throw that out there as well. Yes, I'm so glad that you touched on that. And that kind of um, goes into one of the questions I have, like, do you have to file your taxes if you're a small business owner, but feel like, you know, oh, it's not that much. And you just kind of touched on that. Um, I know that was a situation I dealt with uh, with my husband in regards to my small business um, where he felt like, oh, you don't have to report that or you don't have to turn that in. And that was my mindset for a while too. Like, oh, I'm not out here making six figures or, oh, I'm not out here, but I have a business bank account. I have an EIN number. Like all of that stuff is being reported to the IRS and they're looking for a report from me. And this is something that <laughs> you taught me and helped me to understand. So thank you for clarifying that because I can see that going left for a lot of people just for simply not knowing that information. And also it's okay to report zero on your business, right? So if you're not making any money and you didn't spend any money, just report zero. But what, when they look at it, they look at, okay, this person is being honest with me. So we can trust them, right? I don't really have to go into all of their details and stuff. And then if you didn't spend any money, you still can claim your expenses. So that can potentially help lower your taxable income, which if you're making money, you know, you're trying to get it lower. We don't want to pay them, you know? Right. Like you want to pay them as less as possible because we're paying them regardless. So that can potentially lower. And then one other thing I always say is most of the time we don't look at our numbers. So we don't know what we did last year. That that income tax return helps you with that. It tells you how much you made, but also how much you spent. Because you may look at, oh, I made 60000 this year, but you also spent fifty. So technically you only made ten. You know, so that also brings you into the year and you know, okay, this is what happened. So then you can strategize and help hit those goals next year because you're like, okay, I need to spend lots of money. I need to make some more money. If I'm looking to purchase a house, I'm planning for that. So you know what your individual situation is. So you're not lost. Yes, yes girl. All of that <laughs> is so true. Um, and that was something I think that I was able to find out last year. Um, from keeping track of everything to turn into you that I am spending more 
than what I was making, um, which resulted in me, you know, raising my prices this year. So I'm looking forward to see, you know, how those numbers change. But again, nope, we all, I feel like we just kind of have an idea in our head. Oh, I spend about, or, oh, it's about, but when it comes to these taxes, you've got to know those numbers down to the penny and exactly where things are. And I think being, um, you know, having a tax preparer to give you that insight and wisdom on how to set things up really helps. It really, really does. All right. So I know a lot of us um, with a W-2 job, um, most of the time before you start your job, you have to fill out certain tax forms like your W-4 form and stuff like that. So can you explain the difference or the importance of each filing status? So for example, head of household, married filing jointly, married filing separately, and how do these filing statuses affect the taxes taken out of your check? Okay, so single, I'm going to start with single. So single is basically you're a taxpayer, um, you don't have any dependents, and you weren't married the last day of the year. That's what a single status is, okay? Head of household would be you were also not married that last day of the year, but you do have a qualifying dependent or a qualifying child that you provide more than 50% of expenses for okay? okay so that would be a head of household status married filing jointly would be the couple decided to file their income taxes together um and they were married that last day of that year um also married filing jointly you typically get more tax benefits um in deductions with that as well as um and then we go to married filing separately so married filing separately is the married couple decided that they wanted to file separately and they claim their credits in their deduction separately. Now, what I always say with married filing separately is even though you're filing separately, you still need to consult each other, right. right? Because we don't need both of you claiming the child. We don't need both of you claiming the deductions. We don't need both of you claiming the mortgage interest. So we need you guys still to consult. In most cases, married filing jointly does benefit you better. But in mm -hmm. every situation is different, right? So some people may choose to do that. That's fine. But just make sure that y'all still coming together. Hey, you're going to claim the child. I'm going to claim the market's interest. You claim our IRAs. I claim this. So that y'all guys are still on the same page. Because what we don't want, we don't want those red flags to come up on the IRS like you guys are trying to get over. So I want to start with that. The second thing is, as far as your your W-4, your filing status determines how much taxes you pay on your income. So if you don't put the correct filing status, what happens is you're paying the incorrect amount of taxes. Mm. So let's say you both are married and you're filing, you file separately, but you put married filing joint and you both claim the kids. Well, you both aren't getting credits and deductions for the kids. So what happens is you're, you're basically not balancing out. So you're going to end up on because in the IRS eyes, it looks like, okay, well, we don't need to pay. We don't need to take out all this because they're going to get this at the end of the year. I mean, we don't want them to get this at the end of the year because the IRS don't want to pay you a refund, right? The refund is for overpayment. So technically during the year, you pay more than you were supposed to. What they want is the whole goal of the W-4 is for the IRS, the government to owe you and you don't owe the government. Technically, I don't know about you, but I prefer my money during Here. the year. I would prefer my money during the year. Now, that does require you to save and, you know, be in control of your money and things. But I would prefer not to owe the government and the government don't owe me because then I can do what I need to do throughout that whole year with my own money. Mm -hmm. So that's just about that. 
Yes. And that brought a lot of um, insight to me, the way that you explained it to me last year, because with me just getting married, I realized that I had to change that. And I was so confused about <laughs> um, how much is being taken out with the dependents and things like that. And the way that you, you know, the example that you gave really brought that light to me to really help understand what that means. Because I feel like a lot of us feel like if I have kids, then that means I'm going to get a refund automatically. But those numbers for that filing status really met. I didn't realize how important that filing status was um, initially on that form to determine what's coming out through the year versus at the end of the year. And like you said, the, the goal is to not have to pay them um, and then ultimately for them, you know, not to give you money back. But I would like, you know, a little something back. But I understand right. you explained like what that means, you know, when you are receiving a refund check back. And even like the last page, the last um, line, it asks you if you want to take additional out. So if you know you want to see something at the end of the year, you can put an amount, additional amount to take it out. So everybody's situation is not the same, right? But you're in control of how much they take out. You can plan if you want a refund, like, okay, look, let them take an extra hundred dollars out um, and things like that. So you can kind of just control that situation. Yes. Um, and I feel like this is something that our, you know, people coming out of high school need to know because I know my niece called me, bless her heart. She's like uh, 20, 19, 20. And she's like, Aunt Tari, I don't know what's going on with my check because when I do the math, I'm supposed to get this amount, but it's not that amount. So I had to explain like her taxes and checks that like sis really did not know what was going on and felt like they were getting over on her. But I had to explain like this, this out, um, deduction means this, you know, and she has a child, so she needs to know about that. So you know, from our conversations, I was able to, you know, give her a little bit of insight on what that looks like. But I feel like it's so important for them to know that because they don't teach that in school. And then you just writing something on the paper and don't understand why the why of why you're putting what you're putting and what those numbers mean. <laughs> you get it at the worst time ever, right? You just got the job. They didn't give you 20 million paperwork. You're like, girl, I don't care. Just put anything on this, right? Yeah. I can put anything down as long as y'all got my routing and checking number, baby. Those are the only numbers that matter in our minds and we're just rushing through. I mean, I'm guilty of that for sure. I don't know what I put on the papers in the past. <laughs> for deductions, but we need to know, like, that's important to know. All right. So we touched on that. Um, can you explain how the number of dependents that you claim affect your tax refund and the taxes taken out of your check? Okay. So the same thing, basically, um, but I'll go in a little into to it. So we have the child tax credit as well as the earned income tax credit. So based on your income, you may qualify for the earned income tax credit as well as your dependents. So what that does is it lowers your taxable liability. So let's say you have two kids, you're married, your taxable liability will be lower than someone that's right. single. So with that being said, um, it allows for you to pay less taxes. And when you fill out your W-4, they take out less taxes because they are aware that you'll be paying less taxes. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 All right. So I hope y'all are getting this. If you need to run back with your pen and paper, please do so. So I did um, pose a question to my audience or an opportunity for them to share questions um, for a quick little Q&A. 
here at the end. Um, and these may be like specific tax questions that they have or something that you can take notes about or, you know, pull from what you need from it. So the first question that we received is, what is an exempt employee and how does exemption status affect taxes? Okay, so typically an exempt employee will be someone who's on a salary. Um, typically, you see that for executives, admin, things like that. Um, what typically happens, though, is when we think of an exempt employee, we think they don't pay taxes. Okay, and they still are required to pay taxes on the income that they make. Okay. So the tax status, I mean, the percentage of things may change, but they're still required to pay taxes on it. So that's a little bit about what an exempt employee is. Okay. Um, what can you claim as a single filer head of household to keep your tax payback costs down while making over 85K, owning your own home, and no dependent? Okay. So there was a lot of parts on that. Yes. Yeah. So mortgage deductions. I mean, mortgage interest deduction, so you can claim that deduction, right? As well as the main thing for that individual will be tax planning. So they need to not just wait to the end of the year, which I don't think anyone should, but definitely them. They shouldn't wait to the end of the year. They need to make sure that they're paying, um, they're contributing to 401k and IRAs because those have tax advantages for them, as well as a health saving plan. Um, if they have, if their deductibles is high on things, they can actually do tax-free withdrawals from that to pay for their deductibles. So I would say that, but mainly tax planning. So looking at what they made, making sure that their W-4 is correct. Mm -hmm. Um, In some instances, like I have a client who made over $100,000. We have the W-4 taken out extra, as well as we still do estimated tax payments. So most of the time when you think of estimated tax payments, you think of a business owner. But um, higher income people can do those as well, just to make sure at the end of the year, we're not surprised. I don't want to give the government $20,000. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. um, so just make, making sure that we're staying on top of that, you can pay those quarterly. Um, But that would be my main thing. The mortgage interest, obviously, um, contributing to their 401k and the IRA. Um, and then also saying if their employee match, if their employee match, they need to be contributing a max for that match, as well as that's going to help them with their um paying taxes and then on um, the health savings account um because these contributions are tax um deductible tax free um and then tax planning that's what i would say okay so what i'm hearing from this is really is like you've got to have your your numbers in order and if you don't know you need to be in connection with somebody who knows um and this is kind of a sidebar question when people are looking for um, help from somebody, what are like some red flags versus green flags um, when working with a tax person? Because I know that some people don't take that next step or reach out because they're afraid of getting scammed or somebody stealing their money. Um, we've heard of this situation, especially with like celebrities that make a lot of money. I just saw um, Kenan Thompson from all that was saying that somebody got him for like 1.5 million their tax person. So like, what are some red flags that they should look out for when seeking this person for help? So what I always tell people is you need to interview that person, right? So mm -hmm. your job interview, you, you interview them. You see if they're best for your individual situation because all situations aren't the same, right? So just because I'm good at what I do, I still may not be good for your individual situation. And that's fine. I'm fine. We're referring out, right? So making sure that you're interviewing them um but also the 
prime, prime, prime thing. Most of the time when people get messed over by accountants and tax professionals, it's because they don't have the education themselves, right? So you just hand over your books and you're like, hey, take all my books, right? But you don't have the education. You don't know what your profit is. You don't know what your loss is. They just they tell you spend as much on taxes. They tell you pay yourself taxes this how much it is, but you don't look at the book. So I think the main thing is we have the education ourselves. Because whether I do it or you do it, the goal is for it to be done accurately. So if you have that education, then those type of things typically don't slip through your fingers. But I think that's the main thing um, because we're taught we don't need to know anything. I saw a video earlier um, and it was, I can't think of who it was, but he was talking to another business person and they were saying, um, he was like, what are one of the main things that he want every business owner to know? And he was like, I need every business owner to understand accounting. And the guy was like, and they're both millionaires. The guy was like, um, well, couldn't they just hire your accountant? He was like, they can. He was like, but they still need to know the basic terminology. Because when the accountant comes to you and tell you you profited this much, you don't know the difference between your profit and your loss and your net and your growth. So at the end of the day, you just listening to the accountant. And they could have just told you, okay, well, we're going to make this investment and this is going to do this. And you're just saying yes, but you really don't know what you just agreed mm -hmm. on. So I think the main thing is understanding it yourself. And that's why I provide my clients with the education. Now, what they do with that education, you know, it's up to them. But I provide them with that because I want them to be able to say, oh, no, Jenna, look, I actually, what about this part? Like, I want them to question me. I love that. Like, question me so we can be on the same page. Oh, actually, I would prefer to go this route. That's fine. Um, But I think that's the main thing. That's so good. And I can say that that was a green flag to me um, working with you. Like, you know, our text thread. <laughs> if I have a question, I'm coming to you with it and you always, you know, respond or give me a resource or give me some type of information and explanation. And then you make sure that I understand. And if I don't understand, you're re-explaining it. Like that was a green flag to me um, because I feel like as the black community, um, especially with a lot of us trying to get to this new tax bracket or making more money or starting businesses. Um, I don't I want things to be done right and with um integrity all the way through from the service that I'm doing to the books and the numbers and the taxes. So I think it's really important if you are stepping into that, you know, new space or you have come to this new increase the money. Everybody want increase, Lord. Everybody want increase. But with more increase comes responsibility. And I think it's worth learning the, the education, the terminology, not saying you have to go to school, but if you don't understand something, don't just sit there like, okay, you know, ask questions, ask for explanations, ask for examples so that when you walk away, okay, yes, I do understand what this is and what it looks like. So thank you for explaining that. All right. And then our last, oh no, sorry. <laughs> our next one is, what does it mean to write off things for taxes? And what are some things that you can write off that most people don't know about? That's a good question. <laughs> okay. So writing off would be basically um, using expenses or deductions. So um, in some cases, it'll be expenses if it's a business or deductions. Um, one of the things is home office. You may or may not have heard of that, but if you have an additional room, like so right now I'm in my home office. But if you have additional room, you can basically it's a standard method. Um, it's a standard method where you can do five times the square foot, or it's a um, it's a more complex method. 
But basically, you can write off a certain percentage of your expenses. So like, for instance, we can write off a percentage of the rent. We can write off a percentage of the light bill. We can write off a percentage of the internet. But all of those bills, because of the fact that based off the square foot of this room, based off the square foot of the house, because this room has to be solely used for business. Right. So this room is solely used for business. I don't use it for anything else. Um, so that's one. That's really a good one. Um, one um, that I'm running across a lot with military and with me being a military spouse, um, I see this a lot is military expenses for moving. So let's say the military took care of three thousand, but you really spent ten thousand. You can write off the difference. Um, so you can write off that different amount. Um, because you were required to move for the government. Um, that's another good one. I'm trying to think of some more. So pretty much a write-off is things that you have paid for in order to run the business and you're able to be like exempt from that payment or like reimbursed so for that payment? It lowers your taxable liability. Okay. So you're not refunded. It. I know a lot of people be like, oh, well, I can write this off. Mm -hmm. I'm not for it, right? Um, but it's lowering your, your taxable income, which is lowering your taxable liability. So let's say, for instance, you you the example I gave earlier, you made sixty thousand, right? Um, but you spent fifty thousand. So technically, your taxable income is only ten thousand. Um, so you only be paying taxes on the ten thousand versus the sixty thousand. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then another one I put in my notes was health savings um contribution, just because I talked about that one earlier with a higher paying income person, especially if you're paying um high deductibles. Before my husband joined the military, let's not talk about how much I was paying in deductibles. Um, um, so that was very beneficial because those deductibles, I was able to take tax free as well as it was a tax benefit for me. Um, and then I see a lot, a lot of sponsorships and donations for events in North Carolina. So I wanted to talk about this one is because that is a deduction. So let's say you did event planning, right? And you came and you decorated my whole event, but typically that costs $10,000. You just need to send me a zeroed out invoice for $10,000 and you can't claim that. Um, let's say you did a $500 sponsorship. We can claim that as well. Because what that is, is that's brand awareness and you need brand awareness and marketing. Right for your business to grow so that's really a good one and most people don't think about you might be like oh i'm gonna just donate two tickets okay well write off those two tickets that you donated that's so good thank you for explaining that all right and then our last one um we may have touched on this it's about the w4 but she says what are some possible adjustments that need to be made to your w4 and this was her concern the 2018 tax cut for most making over 400K is hitting a lot of people. Every year for the past six years, it has hit a tax bracket to make up for the cut. It was 250K to 400K bracket at first. It came down to a bracket every year and now is hitting the poorest bracket. Lots of people who are used to getting a refund are not going to get one. They may need to make adjustments to their W-4. The state changes hit a lot of people last year. They didn't make changes to their W-4 and owed the state a lot of money. Thank you. So the, this is the thing. That the government is going to keep changing the W-4 because like I stated earlier, they don't want to give out refunds. It costs them a lot, a lot of money. So they're going to keep changing it because the goal is each time they change it to get more accurate. Um. So it's going to keep changing. So I don't want us to think about that aspect of it. I do want you to know that you can use resources like the, the withholding calculator on the IRS website. 
Um, and it can kind of tell you about your individual situations. You can always book a consult with me and we can break down your individual situation. But I think the main thing is understanding what's actually going on. So understand then what's your tax percentage? How much percentage are you paying on your income? Um, looking at that throughout the year, but making sure that your W-4 is 100% accurate. So like I have a client who in their divorce degree, they alternate claiming children, the children every year. So every year they need to update their W-4. Yeah. Because if they don't, then they're going to owe on the years that they don't claim the children because it looks like, because they don't have the children to lower the tax mm -hmm. liability. So just making sure your W-4 is as accurate as possible. If you wanted to, you can always um, take out additional, um, have it take out additional money on that last line. I think the last line, the last line, as well as estimated payments. Um, but I think if you start learning like, okay, this percentage of income causes this amount of income tax and looking at that, okay, if I'm going to make $100,000 a year, I need to pay this amount of income tax. Okay, that allows me to know if they're not taking out enough, putting it on the side. So when my business owners, mm -hmm. I always look at what your goal is, multiply it by the, the, what you're going to be taxed on for your tax bracket, and then put it in a different savings account. Yeah. Because they're moving towards this, you start doing the same thing. Um, Just to prepare for it, obviously, you can have them take out extra money. You can do estimated tax payments um, throughout the year, but things like that. Yeah. That's so good. Even the the piece about the divorce um, and claiming dependence. I know when my parents divorce. I just remember the conversation about um, before talking to my dad, how it was supposed to be his year, but my mom ended up claiming me and how that, you know, messed up things. So um, and I guess we can close with this. When it comes to claiming children and stuff, if someone does claim your kids um, without you wanted them to do, is there something you can do about that? Like report it or do you just have to wait? to the next year and try to beat them to it like how does that how does that work okay, out so if someone so in the divorce degree like for that instance let's say someone claims a child it will stay like alternate years so you can send that information and so but with that you would have to paper file the return mm -hmm. so for instance um i had a client who um last year they were finding their 21 and their 22 right so when we go to file the 21 Someone had already filed their 21. Mm -hmm. so what we had to do is we had to mail it in with proof of their identity, you know, all of that stuff, and um, the identity theft form. So, yes, you can. I don't say just let it go. No. no. What you do is yeah. get in with the correct paperwork, as well as today, 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 identity theft is, is worse than it's probably ever been. I always tell people, make sure your social security numbers is locked. Make sure your kids' social security numbers is locked. Like, it's just the amount of stuff and identity stuff you see is ridiculous. Now, obviously, if you know the person, that's a little different. But we do have instances where, like with that client, we don't know who did it, right? Um, they filed taxes for them. We had to send in a return. Um, and obviously, that take longer is more of a headache. The client mm -hmm. is why me. But at the end of the day, you know, only thing we was able to do is paper return it, send in the identity stuff affidavit form. And um and make sure I gave her all the resources to lock her her um identity from every credit bureau. Make sure that it's locked, and then we we file for the I pin. You can also do that for your kids. So you can do the um the the identity pin. So when you file your return, we have to enter that as well. Okay, so that, that's, that's good to know. I would I would do. Mm -hmm. That's good to.
to know because scamming is at an all-time high everywhere, not even just on taxes, on social media, on DoorDash, like everywhere. People is out to get a bag by scamming and lying and doing all this extra stuff. So that's a great resource. I might um talk to you further about that uh, later on, but Thank you so much, Jenna. You gave some really, really good advice. I pray that this was helpful. Um, in closing, what are you know some services that you provide and how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Okay, so we do provide free consultations. You can go to my website, which is www.jenweltfirm.com and you can just click book, click book a free consultation. Um, so we offer tax preparation, we offer tax planning, we offer bookkeeping um, and things of that sort. Yes, and I will have all that information in the um, show notes, all those links to her website so you can get in touch with her. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Jenna. I will talk to you soon, and I pray that you all have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye.